Well, howdy, y'all. Big thanks to our sponsor, Cosmetic. Cosmetic is a luxury spa company specializing in all-natural skincare products. Cosmetic combines the healing properties of cannabis with other active botanical ingredients to enhance skin health and radiance. The CBD marketplace is crowded right now, but if you want the best topical CBD on the market to ease aches, pains, and arthritis, go to Cosmedicated.com. That's C-A-U-S-E, Medicated.com, and use promo code SOS20 to get 20% off of your entire order. Awesome. Podcast time. Welcome in, guys. I am Ben Fields. This is my podcast, South of Scruffy. Thanks for listening. Glad you're here. I have uh, Sam Thomas on the show today. Sam Thomas is one of the most badass dudes I know. He uh, he came by to talk a little bit about the new record that he made with Alicia Keys. Uh, the album is called Alicia. And Sam co-wrote and produced a song on that album called Me Times Seven. And Sam also... Uh, produces this podcast and is an absolute dream of a human being. I'm so glad to know him and to have him working on the team that produces this podcast. The team is me and him and uh, couldn't do it without him. I appreciate him so much. And uh, I'm excited for you guys to get to know him a little bit better. If you want to dig into his story a little bit more, uh, I think he was ep- uh, he was episode eight uh, as well. Uh, so he's, he's a return guest. This is his second time on the show. So uh, let's do it. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Thomas. We're doing the podcast. Hey, buddy. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> Mr. Fields. How are you, dude? Man, I am... I'm cold. Are you? Not right now, but all yeah. day I've been cold. Yeah, you hear that rain up there? Uh, yeah, I've yeah. heard it. Yeah, I bet you have. Mm-hmm. You remember the uh, Curtis Glover podcast? I do. Yeah, it rained the whole time. Yeah. Just, no, uh, I don't mind the rain on the podcast. It's a nice little soothing. Yeah. It's there. Yeah, it it's is. It's real. There. Dude, are you on uh, Cloud Nine with uh, all the stuff you've had come up the last couple weeks? There's been a lot, you yeah. know, despite the current situation of the world yeah. and where we're at. Yeah, the last couple weeks, couple months have been... Things are going into a different direction. It's nice. Been pretty good for Sam Thomas. Yeah, you know, I mean Samuel Kirk Thomas. That's you, right. If you read the liner notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, what's the what's the Alicia Keys record all about? The Alicia Keys record. We uh, we cut um, a record on. We cut a couple records on her, and she kept one of them. Um, yeah. And it's uh, it made her album. It's uh, yeah. called Me Times Seven. It's the seventh song on her seventh album. Me times seven. And that's Dude, I, I looked that up. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So you wrote that? You wrote that song? I uh, I co-wrote it with a couple okay. other fellows. Um, okay. I co-produced it. Did the music? Yeah. Yeah. When was it? Uh, we wrote the song a few years ago, and we we things have kind of been in a slow motion type. With that whole album? Yeah, her album was supposed to come out like at the top of year. Okay. It, like and you guys wrote all the music back in 2017? Yeah. yeah. So it was supposed to come out in March, and then it got pushed back to May, and then yeah. it got pushed back, and it came, finally came out in September. Oh, man. So, yeah, we did, the, we did the record back in, I don't know, it was 2017. When you cut it? Yeah. Wow. Yep. And it just now got released. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know if it was going to get on the album or not? We didn't know. 
Yeah, we we knew that we were heavy contenders, but we did not know if we were if we made it until the album came out. How many songs are on the album? Mm, I don't know, like fourteen or fifteen. Gotcha. It's called Alicia. Alicia. Yeah. yeah. I've listened to the whole thing, man. It's really good. Yeah. It's a great album. Great body of work. Yeah. You got to be proud. I am super, super excited. You know, this day is, I've been waiting for a day like this. Yeah. I've been in the music industry for quite some time and I've always been more behind the scenes. Yeah. On the engineering and the mixing. Yeah. And to, to be able to go on the other side and be the, the producer slash songwriter slash music maker on a record that has landed on an artist like her is yeah is an amazing thing and she's she is amazing person really like one of the most amazing human beings I've ever met but I listened to Mark Maron's podcast with her mm-hmm. a couple of days ago because she was pushing the album she was out doing mm-hmm. press for it and she sounded awesome man she sounded like a great human being mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, so you didn't know if the song was going to be on the album and then it lands. Cause I, I last time you were here, we talked, I, I, we may have brushed on it a little bit, but you, you still didn't know you didn't. And, and that's gotta be a tough thing to, <laughs> to, to like have done this amazing piece of work that already exists. It's already in concrete. It's already done, but you don't know if it's going to, you know, die on the cutting room floor or if it's going to be released to, you know, millions of people. Yeah. Because I mean, in the music industry, people work with so many different artists. I mean, so many different producers and songwriters. Mm-hmm. If you're an artist, you're working with a whole bunch of different people to develop the sound that you want to go for for gotcha. that particular project. And and we were one of those stops. Mm-hmm. And we did... I was a part of two of the records, and then Tricky and Pierre did a couple, one or two others. Tricky Stewart? Yes, Tricky Stewart. He's um, So, Me Time 7 is a record that's written by me and Tricky Stewart, Patrick Postlewaite, and Pierre Medor, and Sick Pen. Sick Pen does uh, lyrics and yes, all that? Yes, Sick Pen wrote the lyrics, and uh, me and Patrick and Tricky and Pierre composed the music. Okay, cool. What what all has, like, uh, what have those guys done? Like, where did they come from? Like, Tricky in particular. So he seems to be kind of the the, the leader of that squad. Oh, he's bit. definitely the head coach for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, he is. He's been around since like ninety four, okay, ninety three, something yeah. like that. Just making records. Atlanta. Uh, he's out of Chicago, okay. and then he came to Atlanta, but he also went out to L.A. and then he came back to Atlanta, and then he went out to L.A. and then he came back to Atlanta. So he was kind of bi coastal for a minute. Yeah. But now he is like super set up in Atlanta. And you met him when you lived down in Atlanta? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I did a lot of work for him back in the early 2000s, 2002, three, four, five, six, something like that. And then I got super busy when I was working with Brian Michael Cox. Yeah. And then, and then I came back around and then 2015, 2014, 2015, 2016. Yeah. Took current. Cause I'm still working guys, with him, even okay. though I'm not living in, in Atlanta anymore. I'm still, still working, working with him. Yeah. Or remote work is as easy as it's ever been. Right oh now. man, it's super easy. Yeah. So you said that that 
this is the first one that you kind of felt like you're out on the forefront on, like you got producing credit or writing credit or whatever, because you won four Grammys, right? And, but mm-hmm. those were for recording and mixing. Yeah. So this is producing is different, right? Like that's yeah. a little bit more of a, I guess a creative is. Oh yeah. I mean, it's writing the material. Yeah. So like the, the previous work that I've done, I've been the technician that captures the material right. and, mixes it and masters it and does all the technical aspects of it. But being the person who creates it mm. or being on the team of the people that create it yeah. is different. Like I engineered the record all the way to the point of us getting it to Alicia. And once we were in the room with her, like we had two rooms. So she was in one room and we were in the other room. So we're creating in one room. She's cutting in the other room. Mm-hmm. So her engineer, Ann, was she engineered it and then Manny Marikeen mixed it. So, and he's mixed all of her work. He's gotcha. someone I've looked up to like my whole career. He's a complete, amazing mix engineer. Like it's on another level. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a pretty, I think it came out at the right time. Like I see, I see the album everywhere. I mm-hmm. see the, the album artwork. It gets, it gets pushed to me, Yeah, you know, Spotify and social and all that. It looks like it's, it came out at the right time with a, it looks like it's got a lot of backing too. Absolutely. See, I think another reason why, like we cut the record in 2017, but she was also on the voice. Oh yeah. For a few seasons. She was uh, taking, taking our boy Chris blue under her wing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, that was when we, he won in 2017. Yeah, he did. And we wrote the song in 2017 and we cut the song in 2017. Yeah. Have you and Chris ever talked about that? Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why it probably took so much time. And she also wrote a book. Okay. And so, she, and then she, at the top of the year, at the end of last year, top of this year, she was pushing that real Pushing heavy. the book. Yeah. Super heavy, and she, like, it, it's been a top seller too. So good. And then now she's pushing the music. Yeah. So she's been releasing singles since the top of the year. So so, so what's it like with like the the credits, like a, a song like that? Like you're obviously credited as a co-writer or co-producer, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that all kind of break down with publishing and all that? Because that's kind of a mysterious world that I think a lot of people don't know about. Is like, yeah, you think just Alicia Keys sells a million records and and gets you know gets all the money from it and gets all the recognition from it and all that, but there's fifteen twenty people that are also credited on that song. Mm-hmm. So so how do the like publishing rights and all that kind of stuff? How does that like nuts and bolts break out? Uh, I mean, this could be a super long conversation, sure. but the easy conversation is that a song is a hundred percent. And then you slice it in half, and then you get 50% lyric and melody, 50% music. Lyric and melody is 50%? Yes. And then what's the other? The music. Okay. The instruments, Mm -hmm. whatever is musical. Um, So if it takes three people to write the lyrics, then they have to split 50%. Gotcha. And then if it takes one person to write the music, then they get to keep the other 50%. Yeah. But if it takes four people to do it, then... It's, it's what, yeah. you know, 12 and a half, 12 and a half, 20, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever, exactly whatever it comes up to the equals 50. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's how it's split up though. That's is, basically is lyric and melody is half of it. Mm-hmm. And then music is the other half. And then where's the artist fall into play on all this? Well, the artist either is a part of the writing mm. or the artist generally gets something, not always, but generally like if they're a part of the the creation of the record then right. they definitely get 
They're not just a figurehead out there singing. Exactly. Sometimes that is the case. And then sometimes the artist doesn't get anything. Um, sometimes Seems they like do. like a raw deal. But they get all of the other stuff. Like they get all ticket of their sales ticket and, sales, yeah, their merch. merch yeah. yeah. All of like the they're, brand. They're making tour money. They're, yeah. you know, I mean, nowadays, like people really don't make as much money off of music as you think they do. Right. If it's not a hit record, they sure. make their money off of their shows and yeah. their merch and, yeah. and, and all that stuff. But that's basically how it's broken down as far as like the, the percentage of, you know. Yeah. The ownership. The ownership the, of the record. Yeah. And then that all comes into play with streams have a dollar value attached to it. And I hate to say dollar because it's not a dollar. It's more of a fraction of a cent yeah. value. Sure. But, and then FM radio has a value. Does it? So those radio stations don't get all that material for free. Like there's still royalties paid oh, off of radio play. Absolutely. That's, okay. I mean, if you, if you have a song on the radio, yeah, like the real radio, uh-huh. You're gonna make some terrestrial good ro- radio. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna make some some good royalties. Yeah, and and so how does that work? So like Clear Channel buys the rights or licenses the song and then sends it out to 200 of their radio stations or whatever. Or how does that whole? I mean, it's basically if it's a hit record, then people want to play it because people used to call in and request it. Yeah, you know? but so radio stations have to pay to play that song. It doesn't matter where a song is played the person who wrote the song always will get money for that. Even if you're at a bar and they're just playing satellite radio, they have to yeah. pay a license fee or whatever. Yeah, they pay SESAC or whatever. Yeah, they for, have, they have yeah. to pay fees to be able to play public yeah. music like well, that. Well, we've run into that before because we're a commercial space. Like even if we have a Sonos in the corner, you know, we still have to pay licensing because we're a commercial space. Mm. We have to pay the, you know, the business licensing thing just to have, you know, music for ambiance. Wow. You know, the yeah. same way that like a, a, like a bar or restaurant, anything else yeah. would, yeah, a restaurant would, because they're, you know, who's who's to say they're not using that to build atmosphere, bring people in, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And then also on the other side is the mechanicals, which I don't know really many mechanicals that are left because it's kind of like a What's tangible that? thing. Like mechanicals, a, like a CD, like a CD, like yeah. a record, yeah. like a. A hard, yeah. a hard I mean, that copy. used to be all of it, right? It exactly. Used so you used to make, game. you would make money off of uh, airplay and TV play. TV play pays really good. Too. Yeah, they have to license your song to use it, right? Oh, man. On a yeah. commercial or whatever. I talked yeah. to Wes Bailey about that. You probably heard the Moon Taxi guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, they had a song that was on a you know BMW uh, commercial during the Olympics, and it was like, you know? Oh, goodness. Yeah. That's during that's the a good Olympics. Payday. That's yeah. a huge payday. Yeah, that's good stuff, right? Yeah, I have a buddy in Atlanta that entered the contest for the Dorito commercial, and his yeah. commercial won, or mm-hmm. his it, it was either I think it was a song he wrote, but anyways, it won. Yeah, and I mean that guy made cleaned up so much money because his commercial was played during the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> that's big payday yeah well what's up with spotify and like streams and dollar per stream or fraction per, of cent per stream like it seems like it's really screwed artists a little bit and it, like their their music is now free and they have to find a different way to they have to find a different way to make money to monetize their brand to monetize their art and it's it, it's a, i don't get it like as a lay person who is a fan of music and listens to music and pays 10 bucks a month for spotify premium like I just don't get how that how that equal. I used to pay fifteen dollars a CD. You know, I have no idea. Like 
that is one of the things that boggles my mind. And the only thing that I can remotely get close to understanding is there's more outlets on streams. You have Tidal, you have Apple Music, you have Spotify, you have yeah. Pandora, and Amazon all of the, Music. them have to pay licensing. Yeah, you have all of these platforms, right? And that's the only thing that I can understand of why the streams would pay less is because there's more opportunity because there's more stream, right? And then, I mean, there's people that set up streaming farms, <laughs> and it's just like What's racks. That? It's like racks and racks and racks and racks of like iPhones that are just going to sites and oh, clicking on streams oh, 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 like yeah, yeah, yeah. just so people can people get, get plays up yeah it's yeah. almost like a you're programming a bot to yeah, play your song to play your song and get plays up and and put money in your pocket yeah but that's, yeah. A, that's a real thing i saw that one time on a youtube video and i was just like <laughs> holy cow it's like racks of phones it was sick so yeah i mean it's a different way of making money these days yeah, you know, seems like it's changed a lot since I since I remember because it's you know, if your song was on the radio fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, it was that's it. You're good. Like well, it, you were also selling a bunch of tangible records. It, that's that's what I mean. Like yeah. you, you had you had you had records that you were selling and, and for fifteen dollars a whack. And even if you only got a dollar off of all of them, you know, you sold you sold a few million of them if your song was on the radio. Mm-hmm. And um, it just seems like it's all changed. And and, and I think the. Spotify CEO got a lot of flack like a month ago, maybe a little bit longer. And, you know, he said, it's changed. You can't just make a record every two years anymore and expect to get paid. Like you got to be putting out music all the time if you're going to remain relevant. And then you got to bring, you got to get a following and you got to bring them out. You got to bring them out to shows. That's what sucks about right now is they can't do that. Right. But it's a different it's a different ball game than it was, and he got a ton of flack for saying that because artists were like, "What the hell, man? Like, you know, it takes us two years to make a solid album. You think I can, you know, you think I just puke this stuff out? But it's the reason that, like, I think SoundCloud and all that has kind of really been a, a a win for for artists who haven't had outlets in the past. They can just put all their stuff up. Yeah. They can put all their stuff out there. They can As just they keep pumping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just put it out. You don't. You no longer have to have to put this succinct concept album together and then release it and hope that it plays well you don't need a record label the, the only thing the only reason why you need a record label is for the marketing yeah and the distribution yeah and it, that distribution is almost doesn't really need that anymore either because you can just click a couple of mouse clicks and it's distributed sure <laughs> yeah i mean you yeah. you upload your podcast and then it's there it's yeah. in the system like, I mean, if I can do it, all you do is search it and you can find it. Yeah. So, but having a machine behind you. Yeah. To push you to, to like, to, if you, if Alicia Keys wasn't Alicia Keys, she wouldn't have Times Square billboards and. Right. And it's all that. She's on every late night show right now. Yeah. She's doing live performances. Like people are doing like car parking lot concerts like cars like staggered drive-ins yeah and she was performing and crushing it yeah so but she's also 15 time grammy award winning sure artist so well dude i feel like you bring a lot of uh you bring a lot of cachet you bring a lot of like good stuff to to town since you've moved here and uh I've certainly been damn glad to have you. <laughs> Absolutely. But what's a bit like you were here, when was it, like six, eight months ago, something like that? And we sat down and we chatted. 
but like that was before the before the thing her plunk yeah <laughs> it was dude you were we were sitting in here and uh and uh you know being cold and uh you well, know your your squeaky jacket was the only thing we had to worry about that was you know? right yeah. and now and now we're you know now we're down the road it's a much different world than it was the last time you were here but what's it been uh What's your what's your time been like here? You've been here a couple of years now, right? Yeah, I'm just coming up well, a little over two years now. Yeah, yeah, um, it's been good, you know. Um, since when when was that? March? Was I think it, it was February? a little before because you came over in December. We did a three hour podcast. <laughs> <and> we said <laughs> that's right. I said I, I don't think we can cut this down. We just need to do it again. Maybe we'll release it to the Patreon crowd mm. one day. They'll get to know all our little secrets one day. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it seems like you've been on this, uh, been on this kind of upward shoot since you. Well, you know, I mean, the lockdown. I can't sit still, for one. Yeah, and that's awesome. Like I have to do something. <laughs> it's one of your best qualities. <laughs> <laughs> I I I like to. I'm always the person that looks around and tries to find something to do, even when there's nothing to do. It's like, thank you. Um. So. Since the podcast, you had introduced me to Matt Honkinen. Yeah. And since then, me and him are like BFFs. I love that dude. Yeah, he's great. He's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Love Matt Honkinen. Me too. So we were supposed to start Chris Blue's record, and then the pandemic happened. Right. Did you guys already cut some stuff for it? We already composed some music. Okay. And we had laid down some scratch vocals to catch a vibe. Gotcha. Well, that's did, about as far as we got. Did did you write the vocals? Um, no, I did not. Matt okay. Matt did. Okay. And Chris. Okay. And they were just dummy vocals, like yeah. just laying down scratch ideas. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there were some words in there too, but in melodies. But we were just trying to develop the ideas. Right. And then the lockdown happened, and we're like, okay, this is so we'll work remotely. Like. Let's let's do something, and so we did all those cover songs. Dude, those were awesome. Yeah, the Bill Withers thing. Was yeah. that the first one? Well, you that did? was the first one because they used Bill me Wi- up. Yeah, because he no, it was a uh, uh, ain't no sunshine. Yeah, that's, yeah. Sorry, we did use me up. You like, did? like yeah, we did. We did do that song. Yeah, but we did ain't no sunshine because Bill Withers had just passed, and I was like, man, like I, he's a, I love Bill Withers. Yeah. man, I've been listening to him since I was a kid. So you did those like five up, like five different. You know, when, guys in five different places doing remote, yeah. you know, each their part on video yeah, exactly. of the song. And then and then it plays as one video with people coming in and out. Those were big, right, when the quarantine yeah. hit, right? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, just like, I mean. But you were one of the first one, first people I saw doing that. There's a lot of people doing it. But I know, but you were one of the first ones I saw doing it. <laughs> <laughs> there's some way more advanced ones out yeah. there. But, yeah, no, we just had fun. We were like, let's just do some cover songs. Yeah. You know, if we can't get in the studio and because writing remotely is totally possible. Mm -hmm. But if you're really trying to catch a vibe, there's nothing like being in the room with who you're writing. So you and Matt and Chris couldn't really be together at that point. Right. You couldn't really do the do the work. And me and Matt, we work remotely and we also get together a few times a week. We do coffee jams like 9 a.m. to noon. Yeah. Like once a week. Well, once or twice a week, yeah. yeah. You just get together at nine in the morning and just mm-hmm. well, he has two throw ki- a bunch he, of coffee down the gullet and go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's he has a wife and two yeah. kids, and yeah. I have a wife and two kids, yeah. and it's like the best time for us to like 
do that is yeah. from nine to noon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it works out. And you guys have been making a bunch of music still. Yep. Yep. We cut a couple records on Chris and, okay. uh, you know, just trying to figure out what's, what's going on with, you know, developing his album, developing Man, some more music for him. I had him on the podcast. Thanks to, to mm-hmm. you and Sam or to you and, and, and Matt and, Man, what a joy that guy is! Yeah. Like a huge talent and a huge joy, mm-hmm. and I can I can see why uh, first why he won the voice, but also why Alicia Keys took him mm-hmm. under her wing. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the songs that you guys did one of those um, quarantine specials too mm-hmm. was the Re, uh, the Rihanna song, right? Yeah, uh, love on the brain, lo- love on the brain, and uh, something that Chris told me that I had no idea. Like he sang that in the same octave that Rihanna sang it in. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's unbelievable. The dude's six foot two. Yeah, you know his range is it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And he's such he's such an amazing talent. You guys all plus each other. It feels like too. You know, you guys all all just the stuff that you guys made together. I'm 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 going to tell on Matt a little bit and say that he may let, he may have snuck a little. Let me sneak a little listen on some of the stuff you guys were were working on. And dude, yeah. I hope that stuff gets to see the light of day someday yeah. because you guys did some really great work with Chris Blue. Yeah, and definitely. I'm, I'm hoping that gets out there because it is like, it is good. Yeah. It is good. Absolutely. It's like Michael Jackson meets Bruno Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, that's kind of like it because, I mean, you know, we're like, well, you know, how, how do you want to approach this next record? Because, yeah. you know, you could always give an artist a song that would they would sound good singing. Mm-hmm. But... Artists don't like to do the same thing sure. twice. You yeah. know, they always like to, be reinventing yourself. It, always, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't want to like do any records on him that were like something he's already done. Right. You know, give him some new, some, a new, fresh, like. Yeah. So yeah, we have a couple little little things we're cooking up. It's <laughs> excellent, dude. Has the um, you've been? I mean, you you speaking of reinventing yourself, like you kind of reinvented yourself when you came here too. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And. What was your like? What was your plan when you when you left Atlanta and and said you know music industry is great. I'm loving it. I've had a great you know career in it. But you know my my wife's family is in Knoxville, and I'm going to move up. You know move up there. Like what was your plan? Well, the plan was the majority of the work that I had before I left Atlanta was a, a lot of it was just remote. It was just mixing. You Which know? you can do from a laptop now. It doesn't take a big console. And exactly. Anymore, right? Yeah. I mean, I have a nice setup. You know, I have a nice little hybrid, partial digital, partial analog. Yeah, I've seen your setup, dude. System. It's, uh, so it's kind of ridiculous. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm, studio, it's twenty yeah. years of collecting gear. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I was like, I can, I can mix this from anywhere. Gotcha. You know, so, can, so I'm just going to move to a new place, be closer to yeah. family, and and just kind of keep doing the same kind of work that I've been doing before, just remotely? You had a Rolodex full of connections. Yeah, I already you had, had a producers. bunch of clients and everything. Yeah, so um, that was the plan, is just to continue to do that. Yeah. And Atlanta's so close that if a session comes up, it's, I mean, three hours, I can be there. Yeah. You know, and if I need to push the gas a little harder, you know, I can get there a little quicker. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Not so, that square back, you can't. <laughs> no, I, I did do 90 around Atlanta Motor Speedway and that square back. Though. Did you really? Yeah. So <laughs> up on the bank. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, okay, Discovery is rumored to, buy, to be buying scripts. Yeah. And 
it should go down at the top of the year, which would be the top of 2019. And sure enough, it happened. Yeah. So went through. Yeah, I have a Got friend. That clearance from the SEC. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so my wife has uh, her best friend, Margot, it works for a production company in town called North South. Okay. And so she was a very uh, amazing point person to push me in the proper directions to meet people. And you had somebody on the inside sort of. Yeah. yeah kind of. So, yeah, but she was, she was just like, you need to meet this person. You need to meet this person. Mm-hmm. You need to go to this event type thing. And that's what she's like the Knox media meetup. You should, you know, you should go to this, Sam. Yeah. I'm going to go to it. You should go to it. And that's when I met BA. Yeah. <laughs> met Brian Allen. <laughs> Brian Allen. Yeah. yeah. So, and then a week later I ended up coming in and meeting all, all you guys. So, yeah. So, but, but, but you kind of already had a plan to kind of sneak into the TV world, right? Well, the original plan was to sneak in on the post side. Mm. I was like, like mixed TV shows or yeah, mixed promos or exactly. write, write custom music for, for Ex- music beds or yeah. whatever. Gotcha. I was looking to place music in commercials and write jingles and music, uh, like scoring, yeah, sound effects, sound design, foley, yeah, post. Anything that's t- like a picture post, you yeah. know, because I've done the audio only thing yeah. for such a long time. I'm, you know, I'm ready to turn the page. Like, I, I can't stop learning. Like, right. I always want to, if, if a day goes by and I didn't learn something new, like, I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> so I'm like always, you know, I just, I'm ready to, to move on and, you know, explore new things and new challenges. So, I, you know, I thought audio post would be a good thing. And then I never thought about going into uh, on-set, on-location type production. I just never thought about it. Right. I was always was thinking about... Post-side. The post-side, because yeah. that's closely related to the recording studio. Sure. Like... Yeah, you're still in a bay. You're not really you're... doing it... Well, recording, you're doing it in real time, but yeah. mixing, you're not doing that in real time. You're mm-hmm. just mixing. And you already had the skill set, right? Yeah. And you already knew... You had all the chops. Yeah, so I just had to apply yeah. it to a picture. And then like, so meeting Brian Allen, was that the, the that kind was, of turning point to, it, to location sound? Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. You can, it's the same, it's the same uh, bag of tricks. Exactly. It's just a different set of tools. Yeah. It's the same principles. Instead of having, you know, a $10,000 Sony C800 microphone, I'm working with a wireless lavalier. Yeah. Or I'm working with a shotgun instead of yeah, the, you know, the a condenser. Tools, yeah, the tools are different, but it's still the same concepts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still and you're capturing just, sound. Yeah. You know, your signal flow is still the same. Yeah. Your the the art of capturing a beautiful signal is still the same. Yeah. So yeah. you're just capturing what's happening on yeah. location. I, and that's that's I think that's a good uh that's a good way to prove the point that like if you know your shit and if you have figured if you've figured something out at its most base level, its most carnal level, if you know it inside and out, then you can you you can apply it in a lot of different directions. Mm-hmm. That's why I always thought that even if you don't, even if you're never going to use film in your life, you know, even if you're never going to shoot a film camera in your entire life, know how because mm-hmm. you can if you have that knowledge, that can break out into just about any any other kind of visual visual storytelling, you know, kind of art form that you need to. You need to know. Absolutely. I mean, if I can apply that to the music as well. Like if, if you're an artist and, and you haven't recorded on analog tape, mm. you should do it at least one time. 
just just to, just to know the process of making a record mm-hmm. on tape versus making it in a computer. Yeah, it's so different. There's no undos. <clears throat> if you want to fly something to a different part of the song, you have to like set up all these synchronizers and offset all these time codes. It's linear, right? You have to. You have to. Yeah, you have to rewind it. I mean, it's the same as film. Like you can't just like. I mean, taking a red camera and capturing a day's work and putting it into Final Cut and just chopping it up and manipulating it. People will never know the pain. The pain of, (laughs) I don't know the pain of of actual film, but I know the pain of actual analog. Right. It's the same thing. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just a different process. So, I, I think that if today's artists would go back and do it the old school way, they would appreciate their craft more. Because <laughs> some people just they get in there and they just duplicate and copy yeah, paste. It's crazy. And, yeah. But you lose it. You lose the fundamentals. The mouse clicking around, just you know, placing MIDI notes to create a song. Which I'm not down. I'm not going to downplay that. No, it's it's still tough. It's still big because stuff. you still have to create it. Mm-hmm. But if you had to assemble if you were Quincy Jones and you had to put this amazing band together and this amazing orchestra and like chart everything and like write out staff yeah, music. Exactly. And like it's just it's a different ball game. Yeah, it's it's like we got the cheat code on it right now. Yeah, exactly. You know? What is that thing? Remember that was it the game the, shark? The game genie. The, it was the game genie? Yeah, the, I think so. Were you, pl- G- yeah. were you plugged your Nintendo? Uh, were you plugged your like cartridge into <laughs> yeah, it and it like yeah. had all the cheats for the whole yeah. for everything ever? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you have we have the cheat codes now. Yeah. I mean, you still have to have you, I mean, you still have to have the source material. Mm-hmm. Like you could have any camera that you would want and any editor you would want. But if your story is garbage, then it's not going to be good. Still it's have to have a good story. the hierarchy the the foundation you got to have that yeah same with songs I mean songs have stories too you know a lot of guys start with the the beat like yeah a lot of rappers in particular like they don't even want to they don't even want to start thinking about mm-hmm. uh, a song until they hear a beat and then they'll start writing exactly over that beat but that's the foundation right I mean that's yeah. the I mean they, they, at that point they would be writing the melody for. Yeah, the song. Whereas the music would be the melody, and the beat is just drums. Mm-hmm. I mean, drums do carry notes, but they're drums. Yeah. Per- when, yeah. Yeah. When you put like a piano or a guitar on something, then you create a melody. So if you just give a rapper a beat and they start rapping on it, like they're carrying a melody. A melody, and then and, and, and then you can start building on after ex- that. Yeah. Then you can figure out what key sounds best. To what they're uh, yeah. what they're doing, and then just kind of yeah. compose around them. Is that how? It, so I mean, it, I mean that that would be the way that it would go down if that person was in the room with you, right? But if you're just in there writing tracks, mm-hmm. like you know, sure, sure, you could start with the drums and then go to the music. Last time you were here, you told me about uh, your boy DJ Willie Wow, mm-hmm. and you said that he was a guy that you'd worked with down in Atlanta, and that he was. He had a pretty noble cause for wanting to do the things that he was doing and writing these songs for kids and being almost like a role model in some ways, teaching these kids lessons and all that with mm-hmm. with with stuff that he's <clears throat> with with the kind of stuff that he's putting out there. It's it's good. It's it's good hearted. It's it's stuff that kids can listen to and it's stuff that's just going to keep them, you know, keep them on the right track. But we've re- we recently had a 
a bit of an opportunity to work with him too. And, uh, through you, of course. And I noticed that that's where you guys started when we kind of concepted an idea is that you came out with, you had kind of written and produced a, Mm -hmm. um, a beat. Yeah. It was just a beat. It was just a beat. Yeah. And it, and it was, it was pretty cool. It's a, it's like a, I don't mind saying it's like, it's, it's about washing your hands, right? It's about a, it's it's Mm -hmm. about, uh, it's for kids. It's about a safe way to wash your hands. Right. Yeah. But you used like what, like, knobs from the sink and like, <laughs> like drops and dr- yeah dr- water drops and, yeah. <laughs> yeah like all that stuff exactly. and i listened to the beat that you built and i was like dude you gotta be kidding me like he just made he just made a beat out of like everyday sounds that you hear <laughs> when you're washing your hands like all the 10 sounds you hear when you're washing your hands sam just made a beat yeah. out of it i mean that's that's probably where i excel quickest and best is if you give me if you tell me what you want i can make that right away yeah see a lot of people don't work well that way like a lot of creatives don't work well within confines but some people say like give me the lane to run in and i'm gonna run as hard as i can in that lane exactly no i mean i i have free writing sessions all the time where I'm like, okay, how do I feel? Free writing is in like, I'm just making it up as I go. Sure. Whatever's in my head. Whatever's in my head. I have no boundaries, no bullet points. Yeah. Just, just sit behind the piano or the guitar and mm-hmm. just what, what, what comes out. Yeah. But if you call me up and you're like, Hey, I need a song about washing hands. I'm like, what's the age group again? And you're like, <laughs> kids. I'm like, Oh, Okay. <laughs> Like, you know, just it's easy at that point. Somebody's yeah. given you a creative framework to work inside of. I mean, I, and then and then I'm giving that to him. Sure. Because I've worked with him for such a long time. I know that he fires on all cylinders mm-hmm. and he'll be like, oh, I know what to do. And I don't want to box him in on any type of melody. I want to let him. So that's what, and that's what made me think about what, cause you just said that a minute ago, like the melody comes from when the artist starts to write the lyrics and you start to hear him sing it. And that's what you did with DJ Willie. Wow. Yeah. Is you put down a beat, something for him to start working from. Yeah. And then you kind of, it's this symbiosis of you now working against what he's put down. And then now you guys are going back and forth. Yeah. Building this whole song, and, and out. then it's a nice marriage. Like it fits yeah. well, you know, because and mean, it gets more robust and more robust every iteration. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Is that how it always works? No, no. Sometimes, but that's one way of of working at it. I mean, you might have people who create music. The amount of music they create versus the amount of music that people write to versus the amount of music that is released are three separate numbers. <laughs> so you th- so you're saying people write a ton of music. 10 times as much music as ever gets released. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you have to Well, like you were saying with the Alicia Keys record, like you wrote, you put two records out for that album, right? Right. And one of them one of them stuck. Yeah. One of them stuck. Yeah. So what happens to the other one? I don't know. Just is it just out there sitting sitting mm-hmm. on a sitting on a hard drive somewhere? Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know. I don't know what happens to it. So that's like, I, you're a little cagey and a little like not wanting to last time you were here, you don't want to over 
play the Alicia Keys thing that you had been working on because it was like, who knows? Like yeah, it, it may was, not, it may not happen. I have been in situations where I did something that was amazing. And you got pumped about it and told everybody about it Ex- and it never happened. And it never happened. I've been in the same same situation. I know how that feels. That's a, that's that sucks because you feel so oh, excited about it, and and then you you bring all your friends over to your to your house to watch the season premiere of this show that you were on, and then you're on the cutting room floor. Yeah, exactly. That's a tough one. Or you're like Joey, that on Friends, <laughs> yeah. where <laughs> it's me inside that body bag. <laughs> yeah, my scene got cut. <laughs> That's me inside the body bag. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. that's happened a lot. Yeah. I've been I've been making records for 21 years and that has happened a lot where you think you have this amazing thing and it is still amazing. Right. But that artist didn't like if you cut record on artist and then there's a big long wait until the record comes out that artist is working with other people right okay. so your record can yeah. get lost in the shuffle sure at first you set the tone and then all of a sudden everybody's hearing your song and they want to beat your song yeah and everybody's beating that song and it's beating this song and then you just yeah. get lost in, you just so get, maybe maybe they wrote you know 25 records for that album 25 different songs that they worked on mm-hmm. and you know yours was number one and everybody's been gunning for you the whole time basically I mean yeah. I don't know how early we got in with her I think we were like a couple months into her recording I think is yeah. when we but that was you know four but years, still four yeah the ago. longer the longer <laughs> the process goes on the the less likely you are to get your record on there right right so that's another thing that makes it special because we lasted, and we made it. You outlasted everybody else. Yeah. So that's a blessing to to have lasted and, and to, to make the album. So, yeah, I mean, the album came out. It went number one in 18 countries. <laughs> Our song was, Me Time 7, was um, NPR, named it number one New Song Friday. Really? On their charts. It's awesome. I've seen a bunch of write-ups about it, and it's getting some good traction so far. So what does it take for that song to be like a game-changer for you? What does it take for that song to like legit I mean, change your life? It's already changing my life because it's out there. Yeah. But if it becomes a hit record, then that could definitely be a life-changing thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's a lot that comes with that. Yeah. So recognition, recognition, money, money, all of it. Exactly. So yeah. and that could lead to a whole mo- a whole bunch of more work. Hopefully it yeah. does. You yeah. Know? People hear the record and they're like, whoa, I yeah. need you to come work with my artist. Yeah. So. So does this obviously the 21 years or 20 years, whatever, however long you spent in Atlanta. Uh, that's the bulk of your music career. Is Is your music career flourishing here or is it more? the kind of film stuff that you've been working on that's been the music is I've turned my songwriting producer. I've turned that hat on. Yeah. Where before in Atlanta, it was more of a technician. It was, yeah, it was more of an engineer. Yeah. A mixing engineer, a mastering engineer, mostly just mixing and, and recording. 
Um, so towards the last two, two, three years of being in Atlanta, I kicked my songwriting in to more, you know, I was like, man, I'm in the studio with all these producers all the time. I was like, I can make music, man, I can make, I can do this. I've been a musician my whole life. Yeah. The only reason why I became an engineer in the first place is because my band failed. Yeah, and you <laughs> wanted to bolster your music career. It was like a backdoor in, right? Yeah, I was, was like, like I, can't, to... I can't get my band together because it's falling apart. So yeah. let me let me help out somebody who you know already has their stuff together. This is the reason why I got into engineering. Yeah, you know, and so so coming back around and be able to exercise those tools, you know, it's it's awesome. It's yeah. great to hear something that you did performed by a famous person. It's a, yeah. it's an amazing thing. Yeah. I mean, I know listening, I was th- throwing the ball in the yard with my dog in Atlanta and I hear a car go by playing a Monica record. It was uh, called Still Standing. Yeah. And it was just bumping down the road right <laughs> behind my house. And I'm like, holy cow, that's my, I mean, I didn't write that song, but I mixed, I tracked and mixed yeah. that song. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. But I never had the feeling of being the person that was responsible for the music. And like, now you have that? And now I have that. So yeah. it's, it's pretty amazing. So you could be on the precipice of something great. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. I have so many records in my, my little archive that is just dying to, to come out. To see the light of day? Yeah. And you're that, looking for the right artist to, to play it or what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean... We were talking about how the lockdown, like the past couple of months has been like, it's kind of accelerated a little bit. Yeah. So July, um, there's an artist, R&B artist out of uh, Chicago. His name is Matt B. And he cut a couple of my records. Okay. And he released. That you produced? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I wrote the music too. Um, a song called Deep came out in July and uh, is a single. And then he released his single after that song, which is an, excuse me, another record that I did called I Spoiled You. And then a month after that is September. And then the Alicia Key record comes out. Yeah. So yeah, I'm on, <laughs> I feel like I'm on cloud nine. Like, <laughs> like we like the whole world's been in the gutter and then like everybody's You're just looking for a way to get out. Yeah. And then I'm like, you just have to work really hard. You know, you have to like, this has been a long time and coming, yeah. you know, like I, it's not like it's just overnight. Like I've been working at this for 20 something years, you know? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we hadn't talked about yet is you started producing my podcast after about the first 10 episodes. And I say that because you've, you've mixed them all since then. And you've also really, you're the first person to hear every single episode and you give me a lot of input as far as to what, you know, my intro needs to be, my outro needs to be, how it's all put together. Like you uh, just, you're a great unbiased first person to see it because you can make it what it needs to be. Uh, but one thing to get on top of what you just said about you've been doing it for so long is sometimes you're my, you're my therapist because I'm like, dude, not that many people downloaded the last one. Like the, the, the one before it was huge, but the last one, not as many people listened to or whatever. And you're like, dude, listen, 
you've been doing this for eight months. Like <laughs> it's it's not gonna be huge right off the bat. Yeah. Like you gotta you gotta put it in. You gotta you gotta do it. Those those people that you see that are that are making. $100 million? <laughs> well, yeah, and, and they're making work that's out there for everybody to see. Um, they they didn't stumble on it. Mm. You have to start somewhere, man. Yeah. you got to start somewhere. And you have to do it, and you have to do it for a long time. And you have to, you have to get, get the craft sorted and, get, and, and figure out the craft. You're not going to... Get all not, the bugs worked out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't expect to start like, oh, hey, let's start something, and then it'd be a hit right off the bat, like... First off, nobody knows about it. Right. And then once you get people knowing about it, then they tell a friend. And then they tell a friend. And then you get T-shirts. And you get stickers. <laughs> and you get mugs. I think, I think that's... I think word of mouth is bigger than just about anything else. That's like, the best thing that you could ever have is word of mouth. Man, everybody's got Instagram. Everybody's got Facebook. Everybody's got TikTok. Everybody's trying to push their shit all these different ways, all these different... You know, social media outlets, marketing that doesn't cost money. They're 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 doing that. Everybody's on a level playing field that way. The one that make the the biggest vote you can get is Sam walking up to you and saying, "Hey, man, you should check this out." Yeah. You know, not not a not share a a post or retweet something. Yeah. It's 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 well, a it's a word of mouth thing. That's the one of my favorite things about listening to other people like you like music that you play. Like if I come over to your place and you have your music on or your your playlist, yeah, I'm like, what was that? Yeah, never heard that before. Yeah, like Patrick, um, he he's one of the people that co-produced that song with me. Yeah, what's his last name? Postal Weight. Okay, Postal Weight. It's English, <laughs> I think. Um, he, for my birthday, he sent me a, a, a vinyl um, of a band called, and I did. I cannot say their name. Krungenbin or something? Oh, yeah, Krungenbin. Oh, Krung. Is that, is I that think so. Yeah, it's a trio. Yeah. They're and awesome. Dude, I did not know who they were. And so I get this package in the mail and then I open it and it says, Happy birthday, Sam. And I'm like, what, the, what is this? Yeah. And so I open it up, drop the needle, and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. So how would I have never, I would have never known about that if yeah. I, if it wasn't for somebody like introducing new music. Yeah. Now, I listen to music all the time, but I don't know all the music. There's so much out there. So if you put me on to some new stuff, like it's amazing. Matt Honkinen has put me on to a bunch of new music too. Sure. That dude's got his ear to the ground. Absolutely. He's listening to all, all the good stuff. But I think that's it. Like you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have that person tell you to do it because there's, you're just flooded with all kinds of information and marketing anyway. That it takes. Like I trust you. I trust you sitting here telling me to listen to Krung Ben, you know, more than I listen to any kind of you know commercial that they've been trying to blast my head with for the yeah. last six months. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a much bigger deal. It's that uh, credibility thing. Yeah. Well, like Matt. Asked me, he's like, you ever listen to Anderson Pack? And I'm like, yeah, I've heard a song or two of his. And he's like, have you ever seen his tiny desk? I'm like, no. And he put that on. Holy cow. Nasty. nasty. It's nasty. It's, yeah. it's amazing. That guy yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah, he is. He he uh, he he put a couple of records on that Trolls. Uh, oh, man. Oh, that oh Trolls yeah. World yeah, Tour. he did. If when me and my daughter are dancing to Anderson Pack in the kitchen, you know you've done something right. My daughter loves those records. Yeah, 
Yeah. No, those are some, I mean, Troll World Tour and the first Troll soundtrack is a on repeat in my house. <laughs> so we ride bikes together, you and I. We do. We're, yeah. yeah. So we take our kids, uh, The tra- we have bike trailers. We yeah. take our kids on a ride. We dad it up. We do. We dad it up. And you're always right in front of me. All right. Because you're taller and faster and you got a nicer bike. And, uh, and I'm behind you and you, and you got the, the music just blaring in that trailer in, in the bike trailer, both your kids are sitting back there yeah. bobbing their heads and did you don't get to see it, but I get to see it right after you go by everybody, the people that you pass are smiling <laughs> and laughing and like, are you kidding me? That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> well, yeah, I got this little, little sound dock, little Bluetooth sound dock and yeah. I put it in the back of the trailer and, and you know, whatever Luca wants to listen to, I'm like, just put it on and they Jam out. Eloise is like, go faster. I want to hear. Uh, I want to hear what they're listening to. I'm, like, I'm, I'm going as fast as I can. I'm about to die up here. Sam's got a better bike. Oh man, that's great. Did yeah. you guys have that kind of stuff in Atlanta where you could get out with the family on a on a Saturday and all that? Mm-hmm. Because part of the reason you moved up here was was for the for the more like family man lifestyle, right? Uh, definitely. Um, well, I wanted my kids to grow up around their cousins. And their aunts and uncles and their grandma and grandpa. Like, I knew I wasn't going to go back to my hometown. So, yeah. Which is Roanoke? Roanoke. It's a yeah. great city. Just yeah. my field of work, it's doesn't. It's more here than it is there. Yeah. It's yeah. more Atlanta, New York, LA, Knoxville, you know, that scene than the smaller town. It's just, you know, there's lots of amazing local bands there, but. It just wasn't. The industry's not there. The, exactly. People don't think the industry's here, though, either, right? Well, I mean, the the Salvage Dogs, they were out of Rona. They're on DIY. Oh, yeah. So they had I've a, been there before. Yeah, they Did had I tell a, you about that? Uh-uh. Yeah, the, they have a uh, like this huge warehouse full of a bunch of salvage stuff. They pull out of houses. Mm-hmm. And they had a TV show on DIY Network where they just kind of profiled their lives and all that. But they were going into these old Victorian homes in Roanoke, right? And ripping out the, uh, before buildings, before people were knocking them down with cranes, they were going in like, let me save that fireplace. <laughs> and so they'd take the fireplace and they'd take it to their warehouse and they'd, you know, put a, put a you know, style it out, display it, and somebody buy it from them. And they made yep. a TV show out of it. Mm-hmm. And that brought a little bit of industry there. A little bit, yep. Yeah. Because I remember going up there and working, and there were locals that could come out and play. But still, to your point, like it's not, it doesn't have the same opportunity, industry opportunity, exactly, as you as you did here. And you had family here, so it kind of worked out. Yeah, you know, it made and me, it got me closer to Roanoke. So because I mean, it's oh yeah, because it it's like four hours. Yeah. you know, it's better than the Atlanta drive, which was like seven, six and a half, seven. Yeah. Yeah. So you glad you did it? Oh, I'm absolutely glad I did it. I'm having a blast. Making friends? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was I was nervous about going on the shoot that I'm on right now because <clears throat> I thought I only knew, like, one person. Yeah. And then the call sheet goes out, and there's 14 people on the crew that I know. And oh, so, really? Out of, like, a big crew? Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, this is amazing. So well, I felt right at home. Well, you've you've immersed yourself in the business and you've done it because you're good and you've done it in a lot of different ways. Like even, you know, the location sound stuff, the post sound stuff, you've gotten in with all the right people. It Uh seems like, and the reason that happened, I think is because like, it's not hard. It's those 20 years that you did it. You know, it's easy to see that you got your stuff together and you picked up like the location sound thing, which some people that even grew up in the world still can't, 
in that world still can't do it right. Mm-hmm. But you you picked it up real fast, and you're you're on it because you got the right mindset. I think. Well, I kind of approach it from like my mixer like vision. Like I like the bulk of my career is mixing records, right? So I have to make them sound really good for production, and so if I'm capturing something and it's bad, I'm like, let me fix that. Let me make it better. Yeah. Let's, let's take, you know, I think that's one of those things that makes like, that's the difference between somebody being really good and being great. And that is like the conquest to always look for perfect. Like I I know I can do better. This is great, but I know I can do a little bit better. Like I just, there's something there that can be a little better, Mm -hmm. a little better. And you're never, really satisfied with the quality of the work that you're doing. You, you know that there's some incremental change you can do to make it just. Yeah. There's little, always little improvements and it's in the location sound game. There are so many like trinkets, little factors that can come, that can come into it or what? Well that, but there's all these little accessories that you buy. Oh, gear, like little, little yeah. gear pieces that can make your I mean, life easier. Yeah. I mean, if it's just different kinds of tape, Oh, or, yeah. like like to tape a microphone to a talent's chest ex- or something yeah, it can, where it's not going to pull their hair out, but it's yeah. going to stick there and not your mic's not going to rattle around. Exactly. Gotcha. If, so you don't get your... It's attention to detail, yeah, right? You don't want your clothing. You don't want yeah. that noise. Yeah. You know, you don't want every time they move, you hear the, the clothing and there's different methods depending on what right. wardrobe you have. So like just... I mean, I have a pretty solid kit, but I mean, I am constantly on True Audio and Gotham Sound, trying to figure like, out, how looking to... at all the new products that are out there, all these new clips, carabiners, different like quick releases, you know, things that you see on set where you see somebody struggle, and you're like, dude, I saw a, a YouTube video fix last that night. That we, it's yeah, like you wouldn't be doing that if you had this little little, little yeah. Thing. So you just like pick, and then you work with people, yeah, um, like. Dylan Forsey is uh, the AC on yeah. on the shoot, and yeah. this guy is his kit is ridiculous. Like he has something for everything. Another another good example of of, of that mentality I was talking about. Like just never be satisfied with the with, with I've got it. Like you're you're still going. You're you still know it can be a little bit better. Yeah. Well, every, I think there's a there's a beautiful challenge in. Uh, commercial making or I guess filmmaking or anything that uh, is a camera like because you can make commercials you can make movies you can make tv shows there's a magic about capturing that I don't know what I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) there's just a magic to it and if you have that eye and you can see it or you have that that vision that you can build it like I need to rig a camera 30 feet in the air and have it do this, that, and the other. And you got a whole crew of people that like, okay. And they don't have to sit there and think about it. They just do it. It's like knowing your position and knowing how to excel in every situation is different and knowing how to conquer that situation. I think preparation is a big part of it too. And anticipation, anticipating what you're going to be up against and knowing what you're going to be up against. Yeah. And then with that knowledge, then engineering your your way that you're going to yeah. achieve it. Well, we, we're up against 
a lot of rain right now. And yeah, you can hear it. You can, yeah, you can hear it. And today we're on a shoot and we're really trying not to let the audience know that it's raining. Yeah. But the grass is wet. The house is wet. Everything is wet. We're yeah. shooting outdoors. Yeah. So, but the way the camera saw it. It was dry as a bone. It was dry as a bone. <laughs> and it was the most amazing thing. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, it is pouring down rain, but the picture did not reflect that. And it was amazing to see all the, the people that were involved to make that look like it was dry outside. The camera's all it cares, man. Yeah. It's the only thing that cares. It's like the microphone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The microphone doesn't lie. The camera doesn't lie. Yeah. Or uh, unless you make it. Unless you make it. Oh, well, you can, uh, but you can make the microphone lie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, what else we got? They didn't sing that note. <laughs> I, I, I made it. I made that note. I put that harmony in there. Yeah. What'd we leave out? I don't know. Uh, we're going to start filming the podcast soon, right? Oh, yes. Yes, we are. We are brainstorming our way into a three-camera switch, yeah. Yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Trying to figure out the ins and outs of... There's so much good product out right now. Yeah, especially for switching and streaming and all that. Because yeah. people people need it. They're, They're be- making a lot out of a little. They're working from their houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doing the same thing that we're... But because of our trade, we, we have to make it badass. Yeah. So... We have to make it better than everything else. We have yeah. to make it better than a home video. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because anybody can do that. We yeah. could easily do that. But yeah. I think that we're onto something. Yeah. I think that our listeners would like to hear or would like to see uh, a picture going along with this conversation. Yeah. It, so it bring, you know, it's, it's nice to listen to a audio only podcast. Yeah. I, I dig it. Cause you know, sometimes I don't want to watch it. You know, I, I'm working on something. A lot of times you I'm can't. Mowing the grass or I'm driving or, yeah. you know, something like that. So I, I definitely like the audio version, but it will, will keep the audio version. Oh yeah. But we that, are going to, that's the base. We're going to add foundation. the, the, the video, video element into yeah. it. So I'm thinking that, um, I'm thinking that we do probably maybe one a month that we, that we live switch and maybe even stream too. And I think that'd be cool if it was like a musical artist also, if we had, uh, an artist come in and talk to them for, I don't know, this, uh, the same amount as a podcast, right? Sure. Let's do it for an hour. Let's, let's do that. Let's make that still the foundation of it. And then they've got three songs that they play. Uh, right afterwards, or four songs, or what? Like yeah. a little tiny desk. It sure. sounds great and mm-hmm. looks great, and and then you know that can also be a, a thing that they can use, or they can take away from it, or it, it can be used, you know, for us too. Yeah, I think that I think that's the play. Yeah. Well, like we were talking about, you know, when you start something, it's only one thing, and then you got to keep doing it, and you multiply, multiply, multiply. Right. So the the goal would be to start it first off. Yeah. And then be able to archive it, sure. you know? And so you can, you know, look down a couple of years from now at the South of Scruffy, however we're going to do it with on the website or yeah. whatever. The and YouTube. you see all the live performances, you know, we just have this yeah. amazing archive of all these great artists that come in. Yeah. Spreading us amazing joy and cheer through their yeah. song. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, dude, I, I'm pumped about it. And I think that it's a, I think it's a really cool idea. And again, because of the trade that you have and that I have, I know that it's going to look good and I yeah. know it's going to sound good. Yeah. And, and we have good taste in, in music and in people. So I hope so. I mean, I love the guests that are on the show. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. So I appreciate scruffy. everything you do hey, because man. you're half of it, at <laughs> least, at the very least half yeah. of it. Yeah. I appreciate it a lot. And I'm glad that we got this chance to, to Yeah, well, I appreciate you trusting in me and believing in, you know, because a lot of times people have an idea and they want it to be their idea. And it's like you have an idea and you're like, how do we make this a bigger idea? And yeah. you're open to the two heads, you know, two heads are better than one, man. You know, it's like, I work best with others. Me too. We can get so much more work done if we have a team of people, you know, because if I'm doing everything, then I got to do everything. And I can do it all. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't want to have to do it all. (laughs) Sometimes uh, a team is is more than the sum of its parts, you know? Yeah. But it's also the, the, the act of, uh, the team executing the task. Yeah. Like the amount of fun that we have on set. Like we are all super professional and we're all super dialed in, but we're also super fun to hang out. Having with. the time of our lives. Having the time. I mean, we're shooting yeah. a show in an aquarium with kids and we're yeah. all having a ball. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's great. Let's keep it up. Yeah, absolutely. All the directions. Well, I feel like people are starting to get a little bit of motion to their step. You know, we're we're starting to get back to work a little bit. And, you know, there's uh, some momentum, it feels like. Definitely. It keeps going, man. But we have to keep up this COVID protocol. Yeah. And keep up. Be safe. Just to keep working, man. Safe. I mean, all the sets that I've been on since we started back up, we have COVID officers. We have safety checks. We have temperature checks, swapping masks throughout the day. I was on the gator with uh, the key grip, and I was masked up, visored up. Yeah, splash guard, all that. I mean, every 15 minutes, the AD is like, Swap that mask. He's like, all right, let's go. Uh, let's get a round of uh, hand sanitizer in here. All of a sudden, PAs come out of the, wood the woods. Yeah, just <laughs> everybody, you know. So it's a very safe uh, environment. Yeah. And even if you think COVID-19 is bullshit or not, you still just do it's, it. Just just, just play the game for yeah. a minute and just, let's just get back to work for a second. And then we'll let we'll let it go, and we'll we'll just, see what some just, time does. Just, and let's 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 just do it. Let's just, just play the game. Play the game. Yeah. Because I have mouths to feed, and I have bills to pay. Yeah. Let's play this game. Um, until we don't have to play that game anymore, and we can get back to normal. Yeah. But if if I have to wear a mask and a shield, and I can make my day rate. Great. Right, let's go. Yeah. I'll put five shields on and 10 masks. I yeah. don't care. Yeah. Like I'm not going to miss a, a gig. Yeah. What's well, important. Know. It's important to take, to, to take care of not just ourselves and our families, but mm-hmm. also to be safe for the people out there who, who can't, can't handle it. Who yeah. can't, who can't, who d- can't get a, can't get sick, you know? Well, you know, it's actually 
as much as like a lot of people think that it's a burden um, on a, on a, uh, a commercial set, or <laughs> it's actually kind of beneficial because it keeps people out of your department. Yeah, it does. It keeps people from grabbing your stuff, from putting their hands on your gear. From yeah, yeah. It, it's when, like you're right. It, it, I mean, it just keeps every it keeps cameras, camera departments in their their zone, grips in their zone, electrics in their zone. I'm audio. I'm kind of everywhere. I'm yeah. following the camera. Yeah, <laughs> I got to capture the perspective of the camera. Yeah. So. Like, uh, I follow those guys, but I'm kind of on my own, you know, yeah. but each department, like they, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of a benefit, but it, it, it is for big stuff. But when you have, when you're rigging, uh, Alexa mini onto a gator and it takes like five people to lift up the rig and mount it to this, yeah. you know, this this like side by side yeah. four wheeler deal. This four wheeler thing, you have to get close, and there's no way to get around that. Right? Yeah. And there is some. Yeah. There's some so proximity. You know. So when that happens, always be. PAs fly in the shields. If you have to get close, you know you're yeah. all masked and shielded up, and then as soon as you break from that, boom. Yeah, hand sanitize up. So it's a very safe environment, and yeah. I feel very comfortable around all the people that we're working with, and everybody is too. taking it very seriously. Yeah, we got to keep it up. Yeah, just because if you don't, then you just don't work. Yeah, and 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 nobody wants to not work. So I'm, I I like to make money. I like yeah. to buy things. Yeah. You know, so I like to work. I, <laughs> when I'm idle, I'm like. That's when you can get into trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody needs that stuff. Anymore. No. Yeah. No. Love you, man. Thanks for being Absolutely, here. Absolutely, Mr. Yeah. Fields. Thanks, buddy. Howdy, Fields. Yeah. Isn't he the best dude ever? Love me some Sam. Uh, if you want to donate to this podcast, check out at Southwest Cruffy on Venmo. We always appreciate that. And uh, if you want to become part of the Patreon community where you get merch drops, bonus content, and more, go to patreon.com slash South of Scruffy. Uh, follow South of Scruffy on Instagram at South of Scruffy. Send an email to the podcast, South of Scruffy at gmail.com. Thank you, guys. Love you all. Appreciate you being here. Go Vols. Matt Honkinen. Play me out.